of your joy. I want you to just lift your voice to heaven right now and just thank him for that. If there's no one like him to you and he's the everything in your life, I just want you to lift your voice and your heart to him right now and just love on him. Bless his holy name. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, and we are ready today to receive from you as the great shepherd. We're ready to hear from you today as you feed our hearts. In Jesus' name, we love you. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord, for there is none like you. Hallelujah. Say that out loud. Say, there is none like you. Say it again. Say, there is none like you. There's none like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Nobody like you, Jesus. We magnify you. We glorify you. We give you all the praise and glory for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Father, we are prepared today and ready to receive from you. We believe according to your word that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we declare faith will rise up in our hearts and that we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. And your goodness will be revealed today as you feed us and as you guide us and lead us into a place that brings increase into our life. We thank you from this point forward, we leave this place ready for increase, ready for elevation, ready for promotion, ready for the next level, ready for another assignment, ready for blessing, ready for everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Give the Lord a big shout of blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I want you, if you would, to open your Bibles with me to James, the first chapter, and the 26th verse. We'll begin reading there. We've been teaching, if you've been following us on YouTube, as we go from campus to campus, <laughs> uh, you'll follow. We've been talking about the subject of faith. And one of the things that you need to really be careful with is that you don't become familiar with the message of faith. So familiar that it becomes old hat. In other words, it gets to the place where you're like, I like to hear something new. Don't you got anything new to preach? Well, let me tell you, let me just say this for those that want something new. Be careful that that's not your flesh. Uh, because a lot of times when you want something new, you strive for something new, you get out there into a wrong realm. The devil will give you something new. He'll even use scripture. And you'll have a familiar spirit. It'll sound religious and sound real good, but there's no real depth to it, and it doesn't build faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And so everything that you hear, you're going to need faith. It's going to require faith to receive it. Uh, 
I'm going to switch over to the handheld because that, something's wrong with this. If that's all right. Uh, is that good? We got That's better. Praise the Lord. That's going to bug me the rest of this message. Every time I hear that pop. <laughs> praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. And if the just shall live by faith, then you're going to need to, you're going to, need to hear faith. You're, you're going to need to hear it. You're going to need to hear it. You're going to need to hear it. And again, and again, because that's how you live. You know, you can't live without food. You can't live without water. You can't be sustained without proper nutrients. And that's why you got to have breakfast. You got to have lunch. You got to have dinner. You got to have breakfast, lunch, and, and then you repeat it. And you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then you repeat it, right? Some of you might skip a meal here or there, but you, if you stop all together, what's going to happen? You're going to find yourself you know, laid up in a hospital room somewhere. And more than likely, if you stop eating, you're going to die. And what's going to happen if you stop feeding on what produces faith is your, your spirit man won't be able to sustain itself Come on, because it's a strong spirit of a man that sustains himself. And so we want you built up. We want you strong. Glory to God. And I don't have a problem repeating the same thing, hearing the same thing, because some of you don't get it the first time anyway because you're thinking about your roast or you're upset about something because you're immature and fleshy anyway. You know, people get, they, they have something they get really, peeved about in church you know just mad about because maybe something didn't go down you weren't greeted the right way or someone didn't smile at you or oh well get over it and grow up you're an adult you're not coming here for a smile you're coming here for the word and the word ought to make you smile and if if someone ain't smiling maybe you don't know what they're going through so just don't worry about it let the Holy Ghost deal with, with someone else praise the Lord but you just keep your heart open Come on, so that you can receive what God has for you because you need to hear faith. And if you don't get a hold of faith, you won't be strong in spirit because there's a lot going on out there in the world right now that's suppressing people, depressing people, keeping people bound Christians. And so thank God for a word that frees us, amen, liberates us, builds us, sustains us, keeps us, amen. Thank God you can even worship, amen. And get the word through worship. I mean, we, we've already done preached and sung about the blood. Man, if you don't have victory by now, hearing about the blood of Jesus and what he's done for you and about your covenant, then you might need to get saved right now. I'm excited because of what we just worshiped about and sang. And our hearts are ready to receive the word today. Amen. So I want you to open with me, if you would, to James, the first chapter. We've been talking about, in this subject, the importance of your words. And uh, this is probably one of the most uh, important topics we can talk about in faith because faith is not released without words. It's articulated by a language. Hallelujah. And uh, we need to develop in this. And so many of us are conditioned and uh, are conformed to another belief system to the point where, and I can tell, to the point where we've articulated our belief with fear, fear-filled words, 
And so we're going to deal with some of this today so that we can get in the right country, so to speak, speak the right language, if I can tell you that, say it like that. We've we got to speak the right language. Quit trying to speak a foreign language. We've got a heavenly language. It's the language of faith. Amen? So look here. Let's, let's begin reading. We'll use this as a text today. If any man among you seem to be religious uh, or godly, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Boy, that's, that's good. Let, let me read another translation. It says, If anyone thinks himself to be religious, pious, observant of all the external duties of his faith, and does not bridle or get control of his tongue, but deludes his own heart, this person's religious service is worthless, futile, and barren. In other words, not fruitful. Would you say that what comes out of your mouth, according to the scripture, is vital and very important? Could you agree with me that your words matter? And I believe we're going to go over a couple chapters here, but the key really to Christian development and maturity is getting a hold or getting control over your tongue. It is the most unruly member of a person's body. In fact, it is the very one member that can control other parts of your body. Now, we're going to get into this later. don't want to get into myself. But the tongue doesn't operate alone. It's hooked up to a bank, a depository system. We know this because Jesus said, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings about good things. And then he goes on to say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the tongue does not act on its own. It is connected to a bank. What you're putting in your bank is what's going to come out of your mouth. If you're going to put a million dollars in your bank, a million dollars is going to come out of your mouth. If you're going to put deceitfulness in your bank, deceitfulness is going to come out. If you're going to put discord in your bank, Discord is going to come out. If you're going to put complaining in your bank, complaining is going to come out. If you're going to put faith in your bank, faith is going to come out. If you're going to put prosperity in your bank, talking about your heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the tongue isn't active on its own. Your tongue just doesn't, in the middle of the night while you're sleeping, just start saying stuff. Maybe some of you, I don't know. Because some people are talk, sleep talkers. Right? But what you meditate on and what you get on the inside of you forms a belief system, and that belief system forms what you say. So I can tell a whole lot about what person believes by how they talk. I can talk to all of you today and find out what's influenced you just by listening to the words out of your mouth. So James here saying, a lot of people seem religious, a lot of people talk in public, how do you talk in private? 
A lot of people can sing the blood, the blood, the blood. Yes, pastor, say it. Amen. I'm not, I'm not saying you. I'm just, you're the last, that's the last thing I said. Maybe it is you. Could be any of us. Could be myself. Right? But a lot of people in public can articulate their faith. But what about when you're just around two or three people? How mature are you? How do you talk outside of the circle where everybody's at and you're just around two or three people and all of a sudden you feel important, you got some influence and you got some feelings and you want to get off your chest what you feel like you got to say. You see, if you want real character development, then we're going to have to talk about your mouth and your tongue and your words because not only will it destroy others, it'll destroy you. Not only can it bless others, it can bless you. Not only can it do, uh, can it do harm to others, it can do harm to you at the same time. And it always does because whatever a man sows, So if my tongue's hooked up to a bank, what's in that bank? Seed. So if seed comes out of that bank through my tongue, what am I doing? Sowing. So guess what? If I'm sowing something out of my mouth, guess what? I'm going to reap something. And wouldn't you like to hear a recorder over the last five years of everything that you said so you could have some revelation of why you have everything you have right now? Because things in life, they don't just happen by accident. Things don't just happen because they happen to good people and bad people alike. There are good people that have problem with their mouth and they grab hold of what's in their bank and they get it coming through their tongue and they're sowing seed and good people reap bad harvest because the tree brings forth the fruit of the root. All right? It's awfully quiet in this church. You say, well, why we got to hear faith all the time? Because I'm trying to load your bank up. I don't know why we're here prosperity all the time, because I'm trying to load up your bank. I don't know why we're hearing this healing stuff all the time, because we're trying to load up your bank. I don't know why you're here to talk about gossip all the time, because we're trying to make sure you don't get disgruntledness in your bank and all this flesh stuff in your bank, because it comes out of your mouth, it's going to affect other people, because you think about just yourself all the time. Well, it affects other people, and then it affects you too. If you sow division in the body of Christ, you're going to reap division in your body. Amen. amen. Boy, amen. I wish someone had a, had a tambourine or something. They could shake it. Not a big fan of the tambourine, but that would be a good time to kind of shake it right there. Or, or get on the organ or something like that and get a mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to uh-huh that because everybody in here has had issues with their mouth. If you have marriage problems, you've had issues with your mouth. You say, uh-uh, it was her. Probably you too. I guarantee you. It doesn't have, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's never one-sided. If you had a problem on your job, it's probably because your mouth. The very first place you need to take inventory is your own bank. What's in your bank is what comes out your mouth, and what comes out your mouth is what you're going to have. And when you get a revelation of that, I'm going to keep on preaching this until you get a revelation of that. You will be the very own, you, you will be the police officer of your own mouth instead of everybody else's mouth. Leaders lead in private before they lead in the public. 
Believers speak in private before they speak in. What you're speaking out in private is what's coming out in public. I promise you that. Don't think just because you're religious and you speak the right things at church and you can quote every scripture that everything's all right and you're mature with your mouth. How do you talk when everything's going bad in your life? I'm just in my introduction. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'm hitting home with some people, right? This is how you got saved. You believed in your heart. You confessed with your mouth. Everything good or bad is going to come from the steering wheel of your mouth. Your mouth will steer you in the direction that you want to go. So we have a scripture that says judge yourself. Judge yourself whether you're in faith. And we have been so conditioned by church get people cleaned up, saved, and judge them. Right? When in reality, we need to get the word of God and let the mirror of that word become our own reflection to the point where we judge ourselves and say, my words aren't lining up with what's correct. My life's not lining up with what's correct. My actions aren't lining up with, with, with what's correct. I see in the mirror of God's word what, what's correct. Instead of saying, well, Marquise ain't doing the right thing or, or their pastor's not doing it. You know what? Get your eyes on yourself. Get your mouth on yourself. Get your mouth off everybody else unless it's blessing someone. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know why I'm on that. You say, I thought you were talking about faith. I am talking about faith. But you know what? I found myself the other day just complaining from the moment I got up to the moment I went to bed about everything. Traffic was bad. Uh, Starbucks line was long. Too long. They took too long. One of my favorite places to go eat was, was closed. Indoors was closed. I'm like... Are, are you kidding me? This thing's over. Let's, let's Open the doors. Let's eat. And it wasn't that. They just didn't have employees. I found out they didn't have enough employees because they said, well, people would rather have unemployment than work. And I thought, I got started complaining about that. I thought these people are just so lazy. They'd rather get a free handout. You know, I just start talking. I just can't believe the laziness. And it's true. It's true. I talked to a waitress the other day. She says, I'm the only waitress. And I'm covering all these sections. And we've called people to come back to work since 2020. But they don't want to come back to work because they're getting more money from the, uh, the, the relief plan and all this other stuff. And they've gotten conditioned to that. That's a whole other message, by the way. I tell you what, some people rather keep a, 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 a blue sticker on their vehicle to get a good parking spot than have to work a job. And that's the truth. Yet they'll quote every healing scripture. And, and they're believing God to be healed. But they'd rather take a handout than be healed. There, there's enough power uh, from, from just, just this morning to put hair on a bald man's head. But that power won't work for you if you're so conditioned to take a handout from the government instead of what you have from God where you'd rather take the curse just so you can have money. That proves where your heart's at. I'm going to keep going. Because we got to grow up. I said, you know, Bar Bartimaeus, you know, he, he's sitting there, but he's blind. He's a beggar. 
he's so used to being a blind beggar. How'd I get off on this? He, he's shaking his, you know, he's shaking his, he's wanting people to put money. He's shaking his can. He's saying, I'm blind. I'm a beggar. And Jesus come walking by and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's shaking this, uh, thinking people are going to give money. Then Jesus come by again and said, Jesus. Sorry if I hurt your ears right there. I get a little excited. And they said, shut up. And, they, he, and Jesus said, what is it that I shall do for thee? And what did he say? If you could just get me enough money to get me to my next site so I can beg and get some more money. and go. No, he didn't say that. But that's the, that's, that's the mentality today. Jesus would come by and they would say, well, just Jesus could. There's two mentalities we have today. We have this, we have this lazy handout mentality where they'd rather not have to do anything so they'd rather stay sick to do... Come on, I'm, doing, I'm preaching real good. And then we have this soft mentality. Well, we should, we should just pray for our enemies. And that's true, but I'm not praying for Satan. You know, in, in today's church culture, if there was a Goliath, the church would say, don't slay him. Please don't slay him. Pray for Goliath. Let's pray for Goliath. Because we've become so soft. And this is a part of my message. We've become so inoculated by the societal culture and truth of the day. It's not even truth. It's societal truth. But it changes by the day. And now we've become, it's gotten into the church. It's filtered into the church. We've become lazy, rather stay sick, and just love, tolerate, accept, let's even tolerate Goliath. There's some things we're going to have to learn we're not going to tolerate. I'm not talking about going out in the streets and cutting people's heads off. Don't, that, that's not what we're doing. We're not organizing something, some kind of militia or something like that. But I'm not going to pet the devil. I'm not going to pet little things that come up against me. I'm not, I'm not gonna, come on, somebody. There, there's certain things we're not going to pet. We're going to walk in love, but we're still going to tell the truth. Truth never changes. That doesn't mean we, we don't love people that are in sin, but we're still going to say that that's sin. You know, some things are just sin. It doesn't change with societies and cultures. Sin is sin because the Bible says it's sin. Right? Man, I, how am I getting off on this? Who's, who's here today? Someone needs to hear this. Why? Who are, show me, Lord, who they are so we can get them. <laughs> Did you point at your husband and your sister? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how, was how we are. That's how we've been conditioned. Yeah. Clap the loudest, sing the loudest, shout the loudest, and judge the hardest. But the Bible says, judge yourself whether you be in the faith. Paul said, I believe, therefore I speak. So faith is articulated through words. So if I'm going to judge whether I'm in faith, not whether I have faith, but whether I'm in faith, I'm going to have to start managing my mouth. You're the manager of your mouth. You have the helper of the Holy Spirit and probably your spouse. But you're the manager of your, your, <laughs> your spouse. 
and nobody got it except you. You're like, my spouse? The Holy Spirit's our helper, right? And some of you do a lot of good leaving people alone and praying in other tongues, letting the Holy Spirit help people instead of thinking you're the helper of them when you can't even control your own mouth. If you're sick all the time, it's probably your mouth. All the time, I don't know what to do. Well, there you go. You just lied against the truth. You said, well, how did I lie against the truth? I, you said, I don't know what to do. Well, it's the truth. I don't know. No, it's not the truth. It's a fact you don't know what to do. But the truth is, the Holy Ghost is in you. He knows what to do. And the truth says you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. So if you, you either know all things or you don't know what to do, which is it? I'm pastoring you today. This is how I parent. This is how me and my wife deal with the kids sometimes. So I'm talking to you today so that you don't come after service and say, boy, that was a good message. Pray for me. I just don't know what to do. There you go again. You either don't know what to do and you don't believe the truth or you're going to take the truth that says you know all things because you have an unction on the inside of you. That's hard to swallow for some people because they're carnal, fleshy, instead of spirit-led and believe something that you can't see. Someone that you can't see, but you know them and you have a relationship with them. It could be a fact that you're in a bind and you don't know what to do in that situation. But the truth of the matter is, I have the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, Pastor, and I believe He's going to show me things to come because He said it in the scripture. I believe. See, it's not bad to say, Pastor, I'm in a situation right now. And my flesh right now is screaming. It doesn't know what to do, but I've decided to put my flesh under. My spirit man is connected with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit within me knows everything. And I just want you to agree with me. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to direct me because he knows all things. Therefore, I know all things. I declare the way of the righteous is made plain. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And I declare plainly I'll see what to do in Jesus' name. See, that's growth. That takes growth to come out of babyhood and say, okay, I'm going to grow up and start saying, I'm going to start mapping out my day with my words. Because if you go through life blindfolded, you're going to be depressed, discouraged, and you don't have to go through life blindfolded. The light of the word can help you. Amen? But even with the light of the word, it's going to have to light your tongue on fire. Because you, 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 it's not enough to know the word. you got to start talking the word. And that's where we said, judge whether you be in faith. Everyone that's born again. How many born again believers we have? If you're born again. You re- if not, well, re- you can get saved today. Right? Okay, if you're born again, you have faith. He didn't say judge whether you have faith. You have faith. But whether you're in faith. That means whether you're active in the faith that you have. Because when you're active in faith, then you're working what you have. How do I be active in faith? Through my words. Glory to God. Is this helping you? All right. Let, let's go here to chapter 3. Can, can we do this? Chapter 3. Glory to God. Pastor, you mad at the devil? 
but he's defeated. The only problem is he's busy trying to blind the, the hearts of people. So that's where we're going to be aggressive at, at promoting light and revealing light to you so that you can see truth to get you out of your situation. All right? Verse 1, he says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all, and if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Everybody say perfect man. Now don't let that word perfect there throw you, because that the, the word perfect there is translated mature. There's no one perfect but one. Understand that. There's no one, per, you're righteous, but there's no one who in all points was tempted yet without sin but one. You're, you're going to probably mess up tomorrow or today. Okay? But thank God that our performance doesn't base whether or not God communes with us. Jesus' perfection and his performance is what enables God to connect with us and have communion with us based on our representative. He was on our behalf without sin so that God could commune with us and he could be our father. And by the blood, we could be in the family of God. And that's righteous blood, clean blood, perfect blood, precious blood, without, without blemish. Right? Just you having this earth suit... <laughs> And flesh, we're always contending with stuff, right? And so, here it says the same if you're able also to bridle the whole body. If you can offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, he's able to bridle the whole body. Let me read it again. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Let me say that one more time. If any man offend not in word is a mature man able to bridle or control the whole body. In other words, you can still be mature with your words to the point where you're offending not. And if you can offend not in word, you can control your body. In other words... Pastor, if I can just grow up a little bit with the way I talk, I can get a grip on some things I'm dealing with physically. Yeah. Are you meaning to say that I can, I can mature to the point where I can judge whether I'm in faith, I can put my words under a microscope, I can get my eyes off of everybody else and reflect back on everything I've said and see whether or not what I'm saying agrees with God. And if it don't agree with God, you mean I can delete some things? I can not say certain things? I can change what I'm saying and change what I'm having? I can control my physical body? I can control my health with my words? You mean I can control my finances with my mouth? I can steer my marriage in the right direction with my mouth? Absolutely. If you offend not in word, 
You being conscious of whether or not you're offensive with your words will be the first sign of maturity and it will be the most refreshing sign for your body. Your body will be so refreshed thinking, finally, he's decided to not rely on his culture of being Irish and just flipping off saying what he wants to say. You ever heard people say, well, I'm Irish. We just say what we want to say and it comes out. I don't care what nationality you are. If you're born again, you're now from the kingdom of heaven. And people from that kingdom talk different, look different, act different, different language. Come on, somebody. Language of faith. And so now I want to find out, are my words offending my body? Are my words offensive to my finances? Are my words destroying my marriage? Are my words offensive to my church? Mm. Say law. You know what that means? Stop and think about it. Are my words offensive to my relationships, my friendships? Are my words offensive to my heart? to my liver, to my kidneys, to my toes, to my back, to my joints. I had a staff member one time years ago when we first started, and they were one of our first staff, and, and they, they didn't really know me too well, knew me enough, but they didn't know me well enough, I guess, because they come up to me and said, Pastor, I, during office hours one day, Pastor, I just need you to pray for me. And they, I said, well, what's going on? She said, well, my back's killing me. I said, well, there's no use of me praying for you. And she looked at me like she was ready to quit her job and never see me ever again. I, that, to her, that was the most offensive thing I could ever say. You know, that was kind of the, the, the first impression that she was getting. Like, I'm done with this. This is harsh. This is mean. And I was a little bit more harsh at that time. Very young. You, you, you remember me at that time? I'm still a little bit harsh, but I'm a little bit more polished. Jackie, you know, but y'all stuck with me. Praise the Lord. But I remember saying, well, you're going to die anyway, so why pray? I said, what do you mean I'm going to die? I said, you said out of your own mouth that your back is killing you. She said, well, what's that got to do with anything? I asked you to pray for me. I said, well, what's my prayer going to do if you just undo every one of my prayers with your unbelief? I said, what do you mean? I mean, in Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said in red, you will have whatever you say, and if you keep saying your back is killing you, you're going to die. So what kind of casket do you want? What do you want in your epitaph? Who do you want doing your eulogy? Do you want me to do your funeral? And do you want me to invite who? And who do you not want me to invite? Because you're about to die, baby. And I mean, I was about as... as the, the shock value to her threw her for a moment into a little bit of like, what's going on here? But finally, it didn't take long. Within a short amount of time, she said, I get it. I get it. And I think you've been with me enough to hear this is what we've been preaching. And we've been preaching this so this gets a hold of you so that you don't have to have another camp meeting to run to where there's a special minister that has a special anointing so that you can have hands laid on you only to feel better for a day 
but you still can't control your words to the point where you keep talking the same way and everything you got delivered from in the camp meeting comes back on you because your mouth, your mouth, your mouth, your mouth offends you. Everything. You thought I forgot about that. (laughs) And the Lord, he dealt with me. He goes, complaining is not faith. He said, and if you want to grow up, this is how the Lord deals with me. If you want to mature, you're going to have to quit. I, I know what you're complaining about is a valid complaint. This, this is what I heard in my spirit. It's all valid. But if that's all that you get in you is all this frustration and it's coming out of your mouth, then it's not faith coming out of your mouth. So really, it's idle words. So you said, what's idle words? It's, it's neither faith, which does anything good for you, if, if it's not faith and does anything productive for you, it's improduct, it's, it doesn't produce. In other words, if you put your car in neutral, it'll idle, but it won't kick into a gear that moves you in a direction. Does that make sense? In fact, let me go a step further. You go to the car wash and you put your car in neutral, then something else moves you. He said, well, I'm just not going to say nothing bad, but I'm not going to say nothing good either. I'm just going to just not say anything. No, it's not you saying nothing. You still got to say something so that you can engage into a gear that moves you. Because if you're just idle and you're just saying idle words and it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it's just whatever, then there's still something that's going to move you. Right? And so it's not what you don't say, but what are you saying? Because what you're saying is what moves you in a direction. Now look here. Is this helping anybody? Ah, this is good. I preach this so many times, but it's coming out different today. It's coming out good today. It's always good, but every time we come to another level in this, it always grows us up. Hallelujah. He said, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, and they obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Boy, that's powerful, right? Behold also, ships, though they be great, are driven of fierce winds. Yet they're turned about with a very small helm, wheresoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member. It boasteth great things. Behold, how great matter a little fire kindle. So we see this. Just as a bit can control and steer a horse, just as uh, a, a very small piece of equipment can steer a large ship, so it is with your very own mouth. It can steer your life in one direction or another. And I don't know about you, but I'm going in the right direction. I heard, uh, I was listening to something. Uh, you know, if you, the good, good thing to do is if you want to control your mouth and really uh, get a hold of what you're saying, get a hold of what you're listening to. Because what you listen to is getting in your bank. I, I've had to really, really be careful because I like to watch the news. 
you know what I mean? But I, I, I'm, I'm at the point now, I don't even want to watch any of it. I'm done with it. Because there's so much theater, drama, lies. I ain't heard, heard nothing true. And they want you to follow it. And so you got to be careful what you listen to. Uh, but I was listening the other day, and they said, now, if you've had COVID, I'm thinking, well, I had COVID. You're, there's, a, there's a very high chance you're going to have, the, I can't even name what they name, something to do with your heart. And then they said there's another chance you'll have something to do, and it's something to do with your, your lungs. And then there was something to do with your cardiovascular, and there's something to do with your, uh, I mean, all these different things. I'm thinking, you start meditating on it, and you're thinking, well, I might have had maybe two or three symptoms that line up with that a year later, six months later. And then the devil just starts working on you, thinking, see, there you go. You know, so-and-so died of that. And then you're getting out of your mouth. Start, you start saying the same language of what you're hearing. Terms, phrases. For example, long-term, long COVID is what they call it. Long COVID. You ever heard that? So you have these symptoms and they, they linger on after you're done with COVID, but they're still in your body and it's still working in your body. And then pretty soon you start saying, well, I got, I've got long COVID. tell you what it is pastor I, I've got this lingering stuff going on and I'll tell you what I got I got long COVID will you pray will you pray for me that it goes away I, I've got long is that what it's called long COVID well what's they got short COVID long COVID I don't know if it came from Omicron B1 B2 but it, I, pastor I, I, I had the Delta hold on a second where are you learning all this stuff Because it's coming out like, like, a, like a fountain, man. You, you're saying every talking point, everything's come, coming out the same way. Yeah, well, they said these symptoms, and they said if I have these symptoms, that I've got, I've got what they say I got. So what would happen if you gave yourself to some good news, just really gave yourself to the same way you give yourself to all these other, all, all these other outlets that are feeding your bank with this language. Because the moment this language comes out of your mouth, it, it, it's sending the signals to your body to go in that direction. Well, I don't know if that's true. I just read it to you. If a little helm can direct a ship, if a bit can direct a horse, and a tongue that kindles so great of a fire... How much more can a tongue that offends not bridle or control a body? I don't know about you, but I got this body. I got this earth suit, and I'm going to live a long life, and I'm going to be satisfied with it. I'm going to fulfill the mission that God's got me here for, and I'm not going to die premature, and I'm not going to have some little flu rona or whatever stop me from doing what God's called me to do. I'm going to enjoy life. And the devil ain't getting any glory out of it. So I'm not going to inoculate myself from another system and learn another language to direct me in a way because it's so subtle. I mean, it's, it's subtle. I got a friend. Boy, man, I'm, I'm not even through the first point. I got, <laughs> Lord, give me another hour, please. My, my friend, the, the Schroeder family, they were in, in, in Rome 
they were missionaries there. We, we would go to their place every year teaching their Bible college. They had just had tremendous time. They had all their kids. A lot of their kids were born there. They had a set of twins. They were born there. And they said, your kids need to go to the school system here. They need to go to school here. And then she said, well, they, all they know is English. They don't know the Italian language. And they were told this, just put them in the system. And it's proven within three to four weeks, they will be fluent in the language just by you throwing them into the system. And sure enough, there are twins after four weeks of going to the, the public school system there were fluent in the Italian language. And the, the danger is for a believer is that you're in this world. You're in this world, and this world has a language. Who's the God of this world? Satan's the God of this world. What's the, the basis of his language? Fear. What's the basis of God's language? Faith. Right? And so everything that we're seeing and that we're hearing, and for a kid, I'll tell you, for a kid, in four weeks, man, that's quick. For an adult, you probably wouldn't get inoculated into that language in four weeks because you've already been trained so much and with sounds and stuff, and you'd be thinking, that, that just doesn't sound right. I can't get that to come off my tongue or whatever. But a kid's easily to be trained. That's why they'll lift the mandates on the adults and make the kids still wear the mask because if they can train them with the culture of fear... Satan's always been after the kids. We're going a step further with this right now, aren't we? He's always been after the kids. And one kid was found in the bulrushes. Remember that? Thank God there was one kid. Glory to God. But, but he was always aborting and throwing the firstborn out. Right? Looking for baby Jesus. Boy, abortion ain't new. But all this training going on, it's deception. You don't see it as training. You think it's, well, we're keeping our teachers safe. From, if you follow the true science from kids? They're getting more sick and more depressed from having to wear a mask. I don't have time to go into that. That's not what my message is about. But you can see the work of Satan in this day. It started with the university system and corrupt minds of our young people. But now they're getting into the elementary system and they're doing sex education based on their societal truth. And they're telling people, if you don't feel like you're a man, be a woman if you feel better that way. And your kids come home thinking that's all right. And it's become normalized when you as an adult are thinking, I can't be immersed into that. That's not truth to me. It's easy to form and, and, and conform a mind of a child. Are you following what I'm talking about today? 
That's why if you enter into the kingdom of God, you enter in like a child. Never grow up to the point where you think you've got it. Get immersed into the system of faith like a child so that your bank becomes so full and you're conformed to the ways of heaven in this earth because there's a current, a push, a pull from this world system to get you over into the dark side. I'm not talking about whether you're red or blue or Republican or not or independent. It has nothing to do with that now. There's deeper, darker deceptions going on and they're after your kids. I might just start a school. Because I'll tell you this system's wicked and corrupt. And you see it filter into the minds, not just the kids. Church people. All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Y'all getting something out of this? He said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 2, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This next phrase stuck out to me this morning. I was reading this. It just like in highlighted words, just bright as can be. And be not conformed. 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 That's what God's saying to you today. Don't be conformed. Don't, because your words don't just act all by themselves. First, there has to be either a conforming or a transforming. There has to be something that's going on in the mind, in the soul. Come on, somebody. Within the heart. There has to be some revelation. There has to be some light. There has to be belief. And beliefs are formed by influences. There's a strong influence in this world. And if you give yourself to it, it'll change your belief. You'll believe one way, one day, other than the way you believed prior. How is it that certain people can get into some, uh, you know, a certain culture or a certain group and they start talking different? They start eating different? When I started going to Italy, I never drank coffee before in my life. But when I got home from Italy, I got an espresso maker, not a coffee maker, not a Keurig, but an espresso maker. I wanted to grind my own beans. I wanted that as dark as I could get, as strong as I could get. And I wanted the pastries that went along with it because they had it every morning. And that was their culture. And I found myself being immersed in that to where I brought it home with me. Right? I mean, I got me a pizza maker. And I didn't want Pizza Hut, Little Caesars, Chicago pizza, deep pan pizza, New York pizza. I wanted the stuff with the prosciutto on it. I wanted the stuff that had the, the Yukon potatoes on it. I wanted the Italian pizza. They cut in squares and you get them on the steps in Rome. I wanted that culture. Got in me. You get the heaven culture in you. Oh, you taste and see that the Lord is good. You get a taste of faith and what it'll do for you. 
I mean, it's what you said here this morning. You were taking the offering. You said, since I got married, man, every challenge we got, we gave through it, and God got us to another level. You get a taste of that. You want to give. That's the heaven culture, giving. You, you want to sow because you know if I sow another level, maybe another devil, but it's another opportunity for me to give. So I'm going to give my way to the next level. Ha, ha, ha. You get, you, when you've tasted and seen of the goodness of God, you want his culture. You want his language. You don't want the world's language. You don't want what the world has to offer. You believe in truth. Come on. And societal truth, you don't want nothing to do with it. Well, I'm preaching pretty good this morning. Not bragging. It's just when you preach the truth, it'll help. It's good stuff. Oh, but he says, be not conformed to this world, but what? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That means you've got to get yourself programmed for success. All right? You say, what's this got to do with faith and my words? It has everything to do with what you're putting in your bank. What you program yourself, like the matrix. You get connected and you get programmed with all of heaven's information, all of heaven's DNA, all of heaven's blessing, all of heaven's language. All of a sudden you know things you didn't know before. You see things you've never seen before. Why? Because you're conformed to a heavenly way, not to the world's way. Only a couple of you have seen The Matrix. I could, I could see. <laughs> not the new one, the old ones. Program for success. Program for healing. What's the world trying to do? Program you for sickness. Program you for fear. Program you for average. Program you to think that you need to depend on the government. Come on. Programming you for sickness. I mean, you watch the Super Bowl, you watch all these different shows, and every commercial is some new drug with about 50 different side effects. And then at the end of it, you could die. It'll help you stop sneezing, but you could die. You could have an embolism. You could have a blood clot. You could never walk again. You could lose a limb. You could never have children. You could, all, all kinds of stuff. You could die, but you'll never sneeze again from that allergy. And then they'll have two more commercials, and all of a sudden, you got, what is that? What are they doing? Program, 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 program. What are they programming? They're getting you to think something's wrong with you. And if you start thinking something's wrong with you, you start saying something's wrong with you. If you start saying something's wrong with you, something's wrong with you. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to be conformed to this world, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm going to get this word on the inside of me, and I'm going to find out who I really am. By his stripes, I'm healed. That's who I really am. I'm healed. God wants you to think you're healed. God wants you to know you're healed. God wants you to talk like you're healed. How you doing today? I'm healed. How you doing today? I'm blessed. How do you know you're blessed? Because I'm programmed for blessing. I'm programmed for success. My mind's been renewed to what the word says. I'm the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Praise God. Whatever I touch prospers. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed in the basket. Wherever I go, wherever my feet, the sole of my feet tread upon. 
Glory to God, it's mine for an inheritance. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he's given it to the children of men. I'm his child. I'm heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What'd you say about gas? What'd you say about the prices of gas? member from, from Oklahoma wrote, I just paid $3.42 for gas. I said, I just paid five. Ha, ha, ha. But guess what? I don't care. God's blessed me. God's blessed you. That's the thing. This world wants to program you for fear to where you start caring. And the word of God says, take no thought for tomorrow. What shall you eat or what shall you drink? But seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added unto you. Come on, somebody. The world wants you to take the thought. Heaven wants you to take another thought. What's that thought? All my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm programmed for blessing. I'm programmed for success. I'm going to stay connected to what programs me. What is that? The word. The word. The word. The word. And if I get the word in me, what does it do? It programs my belief. If I can use that phrase, you might not have ever heard that phrasing before. You hear, and what you hear, you believe, right? In other words, faith, this is what we've heard, okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm going to fill my bank with faith-filled words, I've got to hear the programming from the right source. What source produces faith? The word. So what does the word say? If I want to save for something, maybe I'm saving for a vacation, where do I put my savings? In a bank, right? If I'm going to believe for something, where am I going to put the, the currency that receives? In my bank. Where is that? Out of the abundance of the heart. And so what comes out of that bank? What I put in. So if I want to take something, I'm ready to go on vacation, and I want to get, get the, the, the funding for that, where do I go? I go to the place I put it in, and I take it out. So, if I believe I'm healed and symptoms are coming on my body, but my bank is full of healing word, where do I go? I go to the bank and I pull out what I'm in abundance of. How do I pull it out? I got to make a withdrawal, a withdrawal somehow. How do you make faith withdrawals? You make it with your mouth. I declare in the name of Jesus that he sent his word and he healed me of all my diseases. What am I doing? I'm making a withdrawal on what's on the inside of me. You say, well, I, I don't know to say that. That's what I'm saying. If you don't know to say that, then you have an insufficient fund going on in your bank. But if you can know to say something, that means you got it. You got it. You got it on the inside of you to the point where it's not in your head, it's in your heart. And when symptoms come on your body, the first thing you, that you do is you, you've got your ATM code. You're like, I'm going to make a withdrawal. I'm the first thing you do is not do a Google search. <laughs> the first thing you do is you go to the bank. 
And you can tell what's in someone's bank by what they do first. Okay, we got quiet. Can, can I give you another scripture here? Just one more. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me read this to you in the Message Bible. Let me read this to you in the Message Bible. Romans 12, 1 of the Message Bible says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you uh, is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I highlighted that in my, my notes here. Let me read that again. Don't become so adjusted. Is that what it says? No, it says don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. In other words, people just have got lazy in their their truth monitoring and they've taken all of these things that are said so well, maybe it's true. Maybe people are born that way. Or, well, maybe it's true. Is what they're saying is, you know, it's a, it's a different day. You understand what I'm saying? To where you've become soft with your standards and your values and what you hold to as truth to where you lower this and elevate cultural and societal truth above this. You can get to the point where you're well adjusted without even knowing it. To where without even thinking, you sound like the world, you smell like the world, you look like the world, there's no difference. For example, today's culture, in today's culture, the family doesn't really matter. It is really an anti-family and an anti-God culture. Think about it. I mean, the values of, of being married, not having sex until you're married, has become so brought down, it's got quiet in here. It got real quiet in here because we've accepted it and think, well, you know, those kids, they just have hormones. Not talking about kids, I'm talking about adults. Pastor, I can't, I can't control my hormones. Liar, you lied against the truth. You call me a liar? I said, yeah. I said, you a believer? Yeah, I'm a believer. Well, what's the word say? Well, what are you talking about? I just can't control my hormones. Well, what's the word say? Well, you tell me, Pastor. The word says you can do all things through Christ. And you tell me you can't. We've devalued love. We've really devalued sex. We brought that into recreation. That's no different than jet skiing for the day. Now, I'm not trying to bring shame on nobody. Thank God for his mercy. Amen? But we got a next generation to raise. 
And I'll tell you one thing that God created was the institution, not just the church, but of the family. And because of our lowering of our standards, we don't have moms and dads no more. We got moms. I'm not saying this to, to, to really pick on anybody, but let's open our eyes. This is what's going on behind the scenes. The devil's trying to bring down the institution of the family. The devil's tr trying to void, even in, in America, the institution of the church. It's a strong statement, but it's true. America's America because of the church. America's the land of the free because of the church. But now people have brought down church. Church people have brought it down to a level where it's no, I'll show up once every so often, get my fill. Someone told me the other day, said, I had to come get my faith world fill. You got to do that every week. And then you've got to go on replay and hear it again and again and again and again. You think it's just, just get your fill? When you give all of your days to something other than God and you'll give once in a while to God, you've devalued something and put something above it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. 12 o'clock. That doesn't mean I'm done. Can I give you one more scripture? It's 12, can I give you one more portion of scripture? Genesis 11, verse 1 through 8, okay? I'm going to give you the, I have to give you this. Okay, then we, then we got to get ready for our food outreach, so we need help for that. That's my plug, right? We, we need help for bagging, and we can make that quick, right? But can I, can I have five more minutes? Can I have five more minutes? Uh, Genesis 11, verse 1 through 8 says, And the whole earth was of one language. i got to give you this connection between your words and what you're programmed to. The whole earth was of one language, one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, they dwelt there. They said one to another, go let us make brick, burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, slime for, for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build a city in a tower whose top may reach heaven and let us make us a name. Now, mind you, the very first verse says they were of one language and one speech. Say that with me. One language, one speech. Powerful things can happen if we all say the same thing. Right? Confession means it's the word, uh, I, think, I think it's homologio or something like that. It means to say the same thing. So they're all saying the same thing. And so we see now the devil knows this principle works. So what he tries to do is try to divide things up. How is he going to divide? How would he divide a word up, a, a church up? He would have to use words. Someone would have to come up and say, did you hear such and such going to happen? And I just can't believe it. And I'm not, I just don't agree with it. You're doing the seventh thing that's an abomination to the Lord, according to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 19. There's seven things the Lord hates. The seventh is an abomination. It's the person that sows discord among the brethren. How you do that with words? I had to say that because I know some of that's going on in the church right now. Okay, so, so give, me, give me five more minutes so we can deal with this. Because I tell you what, we're not going to go to where we're supposed to go 
You say, well, we have a vision too. Guess what? The leader always sees further than you. Well, I just don't agree with what's going on. Well, if you don't agree with what's going on, go where you do agree. Try to find a place where you agree with everything. Good luck. But if you're going to sit around and spread your disagreement with other people, you're doing the seventh thing that the Lord hates with your words. And I had to say that because the warning is this. If you sow discord among the brethren, you're going to reap even more discord in your own life, and you can't afford to reap any more discord than you've already had. And the reason, you're, the reason you've experienced that is because you can't get control, control of your mouth to, in the first place. What's the best way for me to get control of my mouth? Get filled with the Holy Ghost, pray in other tongues, and let the Holy Spirit pre, uh, speak perfect words out of your mouth and shut up because you don't know what you're talking about. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Okay, let me give this point out too. I had to say that because, you know, there's people that need to hear that. You say, well, is it me? It's always you. It's everybody. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. The devil will try to use you to stop something big. Same thing that works in a marriage. All right, let me finish this. Glory to God. One language, one speech. If you're not saying the same language, same speech, don't say anything at all. And it says, the Lord came down. What did he come down to see? The city and the tower which the children of men built. Now, did they build it yet? No. But according to the Lord, it was built already according to their faith. That's so powerful that you see that. It, the Lord sees something bigger than the natural. If he can see that you've already got the blueprints on the inside of you, then it's a done deal. Look here. Behold, the people are one. They have all one language. Notice this oneness with speech. And this they begin to do and nothing can be restrained from them. Boy, that's powerful. Look at the next verse. Which they have imagined to do. So I had to say this. The connection to the language was the imagination. It was the mind. It was, what, it was the bank. It was what they filled their bank with. And the Lord looked at their bank and said, nothing can be restrained from them because they're saying the same thing. And as long as they're saying the same thing and they've got the blueprints, it's done. It's a done deal. And the Lord came down. And what did he do? Because it wasn't the will of God. It wasn't the will of God to build the Tower of Babel. But I want you to see the principle. What did the Lord do? You read on. He divided their words. The only way he could stop what they were doing was to divide their words. The principle is this. If you get out of oneness with your words and there's division, then the devil can stop what you're doing. What do you mean? If I get out of unity with saying the same thing that God says, my words are divided. 
Let me take it a step further. If I'm going to sow discord and I'm going to gossip and I'm going to share my feelings and I'm going to share my ideas and I'm going to share my thoughts about what I disagree about, what am I doing? I'm sowing discord and that's what the devil will use to grow an environment, a culture of an imagination of, of, of your imagination. In other words... Your offense grows onto someone else's offense and they start saying the same thing and none of it's true. But because it spread, the devil used it to stop what God was doing. Guess what? Not in my physical body. I'm not going to let the devil stop my health so I'm going to be in oneness with God's word. Not in this church. I'm the shepherd of this church. So I'm going to judge words that are being said. And if I hear words that divide, we're going to stop that. Right? It's unacceptable for gossip to, to come about someone else in the church. This ain't a gossiping church. This ain't a talking church. This is a healthy church. It's unacceptable for us to be a complaining church. This ain't a complaining church. Nobody in this church ought to be complaining at Walmart about how expensive things got. Nobody in this church ought to be complaining at the gas station about how high it is. Not if you're in faith. Not if you believe all your needs are met. So, so what are you saying? Let's get our words in oneness together saying the same thing. Glory to God. And it'll be inevitable that nothing will be restrained from us. You either be a victim or you're a victor. Which one are you going to be? You're either going to steer yourself in the right direction or you're going to go with the tide without even thinking about it. Which one's it going to be? And so we want to program ourselves for success. And what we program ourselves with in the word, that's what's going to be coming out of our mouth. Glory to God. Put your hands to heaven. Thank you for the five minutes. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word today. We're just so blessed and honored. You're such a good God. You, you always reveal truth to us because you, you want us kept safe and kept by your power and healthy and wealthy and wise and doing the will of God going in the directions that you have for us, walking in your destiny, walking in that divine destiny that you have for us. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. I call every individual in this, in this house whole and healed. Thank you for wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name, I declare no weapon formed against them prospers. I thank you, Father, that we know all things and we have an unction from the Holy Ghost. We thank you for it and give you praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for grace, the abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness that you've given to us to rule and reign with. We thank you, Lord, we don't have to be trampled over, but God, we are more than conquerors through you. We give you all praise and all glory for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Quickly, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, today's your day to be saved. Today's your day to join the family of God. I want you to raise your hand. I'll pray with you. Anybody here want to receive Jesus today? You, you want to receive Christ? Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on up here. I'll pray with you. Anybody else want to join her? You want to receive Christ today? Anybody else want to receive Christ? God bless you. So glad you came up here. What's your name? Ion. Beautiful name. I'm going to pray with you. You're going to pray this prayer with me. And as you do this and you believe this in your heart, Jesus is going to come into your heart and you're going to join the family of God. 
And you're going to become alive in Christ and never be the same in Jesus' name. And you know what else? He forgives you of all your sins. He makes you clean. And all of God comes and lives on the inside of you. You believe that? Amen. Lift your hands to heaven. Say, Jesus, I love you because you first loved me. I believe that you came for me and died for me and took my sins on the cross and all of my shame and all of my pain from all of my past. You took that so I could be free. And you took it on the cross just for me. I believe that you rose from the dead and that same spirit that rose you from the dead makes me a brand new person and born again in Jesus' name. I am saved from this moment on. You live big in me and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. You believe that? I do too. Amen. We rejoice with you. God bless you. Is it Iona? Iona. All right. Praise God. Anyone else want to receive Christ today? Anybody else? Glory to God. What a beautiful thing. Amen. Listen, we're done with today, but we're also, we've got pizza out there. If you could just lend a hand just for a moment. We want to bless you with, with lunch, and uh, it'll help us get ready for our next outreach. That would be such a blessing to the church. So if you could do that before you leave, God bless you. We love you. Don't forget next Sunday night right here. Next Sunday night, we're going to have our faith and healing rally. It's going to be such a good service. Bring someone that's sick. If you need a miracle, have hands laid on you, we're going to have a miracle service. It's going to be wonderful. So don't forget about that. And then we got our Wednesday service at the, at the Menifee campus, and that you'll really be blessed showing up to that. Amen. God bless you.